0: Acts 17, verse number 10 through 15. And we are looking at our daily Bible reading. Now, at the beginning of, well, let's, let's read this verse as we jump in here. It says here, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by uh, night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Why? And that they received the word with all readiness of mind, And search the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. I want you to notice two things in that verse, because they're very, very important. We'll continue reading. That was that they were very attentive at the moment that the word was being distributed. That's where we would say that they received the word with all readiness of mind. In other words, when the preacher stood up and preached, or when we got to the lesson here in class, they were zeroed in on, okay, what's the truth from God's word that I'm supposed to get today? And so they weren't sleepy, they weren't falling asleep, okay? And probably most people sit in, in church sometimes and maybe they check the score, they're on Facebook or whatever else they are. If you've ever, it's one of my personal annoyances, if you sit in different maybe parts of the auditorium or whatever else, you might sit around a group of people that are on their phone or you know, whatever, they're talking, right? They're going between their their Bible app on their phone to Facebook, to Instagram, to whatever, which is why I prefer having just the Bible. Uh, I can't get on Facebook on this right here, right? So no one knows. Like, I wonder if he's on Instagram. Nope, I'm on my Bible because I'm, I actually hold it, right? And so I, I believe it's, it's better. But they were receiving the word when it was being searched. And then the second thing they did, they went back and they searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. What was that? They went back to prove those things, And that's the way it should be. You shouldn't just say, well, my pastor said, or, well, pastor believes that. Uh, Well, brother, you know, well, Jeremy said this. Um, It should be that, you know, from the scriptures, verse number 12, therefore many of them believed also of honorable women, which were Greeks and of men, not a few. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people, And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea, but Silas and Timotheus abode there still. And they that uh, conducted Paul brought him to Athens and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for to come to him with all speed, they departed. So this group that was at Thessalonica, they were sort of rebel rousers uh, and, and those that would stir up trouble and everything. But those of Berea they were good in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, attentiveness, but then they also searched to prove those things from the Bible. And obviously that would be something that we would want to be and emulate if you would. So at the start of the new year, we obviously have a big emphasis. If you've been with us for a couple of years now, you know that we reset the emphasis uh, on our Bibles and you can say, well, maybe we should emphasize something else or whatever. But if a church, and I always, I always think about this, but just imagine if a church just had a majority well, let's, let's take it smaller. Let's say if a majority of our class right inside here, okay, and people that make up our class, uh, some are away or some are sick or whatever, but the people that are in our class most of the time, if a majority, a 60% or a 70% of people that were inside here were just in their Bibles very consistently, either every day or almost every single day, if they missed one, they made it up right away, we were just in our Bibles, I believe that this class would do a lot of great things for God. I believe this class would see a lot more answered prayers. We would be a lot more victorious <laughs> in our lives. We'd also be a lot more encouraged in our Christian walk. A lot of times we talk to people, and they're discouraged, or, you know, just things come up or whatever, whatever, whatever. <coughs> Nine times out of ten, I've asked that person, well, how are you doing in your Bible or in your prayer? You, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm kind of struggling there, you know, b- b- because I'm discouraged. Well, it's, you know, part of the reason why So we're not seeing any victory of God in our life. And we need to see that because we uh, are in need of God in our life constantly. So imagine if our class this year just determined that a majority of us were going to stay consistent in our Bible throughout this year. It would be a banner year. It would be a year of growth. But I just don't know that it's ever happened in 30 years of gospel light because for most people, even in really good, solid churches, uh, they're very inconsistent uh, in their Bible reading. And, uh, I know that that happens. That's okay. Is anyone hot? Are we okay? All right. It's a little, is it at least stuffy? No? Okay. All right. So we'll move it around just a little bit. Um, let's look at this then. Um, you can write that down first there. We're going to talk about some truths about Bible reading. Now, uh, Lifeway, Lifeway is a Christian publisher. So you got like Nav Press and different people, but Lifeway, was a, it's a Christian publisher. Um, did a survey at the beginning of 2017. So it's, the survey is very recent, just now two years old on Bible reading among American, uh, Americans. Okay. The title of the article that was published, uh, was called Americans are fond of the Bible, but don't actually read it. So this is a sad statement, but true. And so it gives a couple of, um, statistics three generations ago, obviously we had the Bible in our schools And now it's not there. Three generations ago, we had it at least familiar with in most houses. And now um, you'll meet people pretty regularly that have either never, ever read the Bible or it's been decades for them since they ever really picked up the Bible. Um, And so a lot has changed, obviously, in the last 50 years. So let me just give you some statistics on this study. The study showed that Americans actually read the Bible. That There are not many Americans that read the Bible on a regular basis. The main question from this study, the linchpin question, was how much of the Bible have you personally read? Fair, honest. Upright question here. Some of the answers given by percentages are this. 11% of believers, 11% of people that claim to be saved, 11% of believers said they, they had read all the Bible. So 11% of Christians said they had uh, read through the Bible one time, at least one time, through the entire Bible, cover to cover one time. 9% that they said that they had read it uh, more than once. 30% said they had read several passages and stories. And then 10% of believers said that they had never personally read any of the Bible themselves. That's 10%, okay? So whether, whatever percent you fall in there, there's obviously people in this room that have been through their Bibles uh, you know, more than five times, cover to cover, more than maybe seven or eight or nine times, okay? And then there are people in here um, that you've never uh, made it through the Bible at all. And the point was, is that we talked about this for the last several weeks, is if you've never done that, just say, okay, just conquer the New Testament this year then. The New Testament plan that, uh, that a couple of us are on or different people are on uh, is having uh, people read a chapter a day, um, which is about a five or six minute chore, and um, they can get through the whole New Testament. So again, if you've never, ever read through the Bible, don't be discouraged. Just say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of this. I'm going to get through the New Testament this year, and that's more Bible that you've ever gotten through. That's great. And then we'll continue to grow upon that and grow and strengthen your faith. But I promise you, even just reading the Bible five minutes a day will start to grow and strengthen your faith. It really, really will. It really will. Yes, sir. second statistic? Second percentage? Nine percent said that they had read it more than once. Uh, Yes, sir. Um the good, news of, the good news of this study, obviously that's kind of sad news, but the good news of this study is that 58% of all people saved or unsaved said that they at least had a desire to know more about the Bible. And this is really exciting. At the beginning of the year particularly, but there are people that stay with it and they just read their Bible. Uh, a couple people in this class will sometimes text me things. Hey, what do you think this means? Or, hey, I had a question from the Bible. Or, hey, I saw this here, but I saw this somewhere else. Uh, between Friday and Saturday, uh, I had three different men uh, two in our class, one outside of our class, that all had texted me some type of Bible questions. Two of them I got on the phone with and we talked about some things. The then one I just text back and forth with. But it's really, it's awesome. And, and if I don't know the answer, I'm going to try to go find the answer for you or I'll study it or, or whatever. Um, Ian just asked me last night about something uh, and it was really, it was good. And so I enjoy that. As you get questions or as you're reading through the Bible, make sure that you get help in understanding that. So obviously this year we want to again say, hey, you guys should be in your Bible, right? And we'll all say, we know, we know. So let's get in our Bibles this year and just be encouraged about that and carve out some time in order to do that. So here we go. Here's some truths about Bible reading that are true uh, throughout the Bible as we look at Acts and other places. The first thing right here, uh, A, Bible reading was a central part of early church services, of early church services. Now, I tried to look this up and I couldn't find it, okay? But does anyone know whereabouts, what about timeline that the printing press was invented? Let's start here, History Buffs. Does anyone know who invented the printing press? Or they would call it the movable type press. Who was that? Gutenberg, right? So you have Johannes Johann Gutenberg, right? And uh, he was, I was going to say Germany. I don't know that that's actually correct. It might be Austria, or so i close to that. So he makes the movable printing press, and someone's going to fact check me a note. So it's somewhere around like 1604, okay? And um, so he gets started making portions of the Bible, and then 1611, the King James Version of the Bible, right, is, uh, is published. He picks that up, and it starts getting printed like all over the place. But before they had a printing press, Bibles obviously were very <laughs> scarce because you had to hand copy out. From this Bible to a blank uh, portion, right, and handwrite all that out. So, what a lot of people had in the Old Testament, and even before that, 1400s, uh, you know, 1300, 1400, 1500s. uh, By the way, what brought us out of the dark ages? The distribution of the Bible on mass. And so, what the only portion, the only way people had the Bible was they had portions that were handwritten out. So, they would just take and just write out just maybe the book of John, and that's all that they'd have, or just some chapters here, or just some readings here, because obviously it's very, very tedious and expensive in order to write out an entire Bible. So, I try to look for a picture of this. I don't know why there's not, because it's in a lot of different museums. But the, the term came into use called the chain Bible. And so, when you go to a church, there would be a Bible that was on the pulpit, but it was chained to the pulpit. Because it was valuable. It would be like stealing like, you know, like a $2,000, you know, car or whatever, something very, very important and valuable. And so people would steal the Bible and actually people would still steal pages out of the Bible, which can you imagine doing that? But they just wanted to have the Bible so much in their own house for their own family, for themselves or whatever. That they, and they couldn't get it because it was expensive and they were rare. And so the Bible that the minister had was chained to the Bible. So people would come to the Bible or come to the church to read the Bible, but it couldn't go anywhere with them. And so one of the, uh, one of the important things that happened, obviously, with the printing press was the mass distribution of the Word of God to where now every single person – uh, how many of you have more than one Bible at your house? More than five Bibles at your house, right? That's where I'm at. I probably have more than 10 Bibles at your house. We can have all kinds of Bibles now, um, and we, you can get them at the Dollar Tree, right? And uh, uh, King James Version is always at the Dollar Tree, $1. You can buy as many as you uh, want. Someone in our class here he actually supplies Bibles for our whole kids' ministry if, if kids don't have Bibles or off-the-bus ministry or whatever, and that's very valuable. There's a couple of kids that came in today. I asked him yesterday, hey, do you, have, do you have a Bible? Two of them did, one of them didn't. And the little girl, she came up to me today. It was the cutest thing. I was walking into class here, and she's like five, and she walked up to me, and she said, I found out I don't have a Bible. And uh, so I told her I'm going to get one because there's someone in our class that gets those for us, and so I'm excited about that. So I'll be able to give her a copy of the Word of God that cost a buck. Um, and it doesn't cost me anything, but it costs someone else a dollar. So praise the Lord for that. So getting out the Bible is a very, very Good thing, and it was read in early churches. Here we go. Kings, this is really interesting. <coughs> Old Testament kings of Israel were supposed to write out their own copy of Deuteronomy. If you go to Deuteronomy chapter number 17, 18, and 19, um, you don't have to turn there, but I will, and I'll read this, these two verses to you. Uh, it says this, and it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this book or of this law in a book Out of that which is before the priests, the Levites, and it shall be with him and he shall read therein all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. How many of you believe that it'd be a great thing if our legislators, congressmen, senators, cabinet people and everything had possessed and were familiar with a copy of the Constitution of the United States of America, right? Okay. So obviously that would be a good thing. And you at home, I have a pocket uh, um, uh, constitution uh, that's just about this big and just you know s- several pages or whatever, but you can carry it around in your shirt pocket. And uh, so obviously we'd love for them to be familiar with it. Uh, in the same way, we would want our pastor to be familiar with the Bible, but God wants every single believer to be familiar with their Bible, whether you pastor or minister or not, because it's important. Number three, we are told to read the Bible or this is C, I'm sorry. We are told to read the Bible and meditate in the Bible every day. This is out of Joshua 1, 8. says this, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, and for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. We are told to meditate, or to read and meditate in the Bible every day. What would be an example, or what's just a, a good illustration of meditating, uh, in the Word of God, what would that be? Just think about it. Okay, good. So we want to think back on it and and break it down and and uh, and really tear this thing apart. You know what's crazy to me is if you get out onto the internet, there are thousands of blogs that when a new Star Wars movie comes out, however, and we'll talk about. Well, if that happened, then what about all these different alternate universes? And what about this character? And they'll have these dialogues of all of the possibilities of what this means for the Star Wars universe. Same thing with superheroes and all of this stuff. People find thousands of hours to go back and research all this and go back and look at all the comics and all that stuff, okay? We should be meditating on our Bible, what we read that morning. There's a portion if you read uh, on the Bible app that's the last thing you're supposed to do and that is to write down your thoughts on some part of your Bible reading. And I think that's helpful. Because what does it do? It makes you say like, okay, well, I should have paid attention. So what's one thing that I picked up out of that chapter, those three chapters, those four chapters that God started to speak to my heart about or something that I thought about? And you can carry that throughout the day and think about that, about that, what that should mean in your life. We must know the Bible to serve God properly. We must know the Bible to serve God properly. What would need to happen in order for someone to be a pretty successful cult leader or someone of a false religion? A couple of things. Number one, they would need to have a pretty decent working knowledge of the truth themselves. Okay? They would need to add in a little bit of a twist or a lie or whatever else. Third, though, third, they would need a mass of people who don't really know what they're talking about. Because if you were to search the scriptures daily, whether those things were so, you would start to say like, hey, wait a second, like, like but what's up with this? This is what happened with Martin Luther. He starts to read through the Bible because now he becomes a <coughs> priest. He has access to the Bible before he doesn't have mass access to the Bible because the Bible isn't in mass distribution. He starts to read the Bible. He starts to go to the priest and he's like, but it says right here that we're saved by grace. I don't really understand why, why are we making people pay to confess their sins and to do penance and stuff if they're saved by grace? And he said, oh, stop, stop, stop that. And so he kept nailing down the thing until finally he decided that that was wrong, what they were doing. But it took him being very, very familiar with the scriptures. If pastor decided that this week he was going to start to pro- to to distribute a lie, just a little bit off in the Bible or whatever, how long would it take for people to pick up on that? It would only take... Uh, a short time, if you were familiar with your Bible, and we all should be familiar with our Bible, read the, uh, read the Bible to know true Bible preaching. And this is really important. Read the Bible to know true Bible preaching. Let me say this and be very, very generic, and I'll let you draw your own conclusions because I'm still studying up on... Uh, I don't, I don't want to blow this out of the water before I study up on it, but there might be someone that comes along and writes a very, very popular christian book okay either in the ladies world or in the guys world and maybe she is very popular maybe the book is very popular but no no, never mind but maybe it becomes very very popular (laughs) but it might be rife okay with contemporary gospel and self-adulation so what does that mean it means that maybe that book is a lot closer to self-help philosophy and Dr. Phil type stuff than it is actually the Bible, okay? Now, all at mass, Christian womanhood just grabs this. Oh, this is the best thing in the world. But I hope as maybe you read through it or as you go follow some things, you'll see some things that are good. But also when I just listen to secular Um, speakers talk about things, they have some good motivational points as well. A lot of those points are loosely derived from the Bible. They really are. When you think about it, you look at that, talk about giving back and all those other things. and You're like, well, where do you get that from? Well, they get it from tithing, but they're going to push the church part out of it. And so they'll just say, we'll give back to your community or give to a charity, whatever, whatever, whatever. So we need to be careful that just because something is popular and it is sold in the Christian section, right? Doesn't mean that it is 100% truthful or that it should be grabbed by us and run with, okay? Yeah. So you want to make sure to search those things out based on your Bible. But again, if you have a mass of people you're selling to that claim Christianity but don't know a lot about the book, about the Bible, about their manual, then you can, you can disperse popular things without them actually being all that spiritual. Does that make sense? Does that mean that every self-help book is terrible? No, no, I read leadership books and and different books and leadership by by Lincoln and just a bunch. There's a a lot of great books you can read out there. But let's make sure that we don't swallow it up as Christian doctrine and Christian truth, okay? Maybe they're just helpful principles and there's a lot of those out there for finances and everything else. But let's make sure that we steer clear of that. Man, I ran out of time here. Here we go. Practical tips for daily Bible reading. These won't take long. And again, they're practical, so... Here's some good practical tips for daily Bible reading. Here's the first thing you need to do. If you've yet to jump in, some of you have already bitten in on Bible reading this year, but if you've yet to jump in, you need to decide if you'll read the whole Bible or the New Testament. You can just put N-T or you can write out the word New Testament there. You need to decide. Again, if you've never been through before, I say start with the New Testament because I want to get you down the road, okay? You just, I want to get you accomplished with something, all right? So get in there and read uh, a portion or all of the Bible. Two, B, put a time slot for reading your Bible. Again, I would encourage the mornings, maybe because of a work schedule or overnight or whatever, maybe mornings are impossible for you. Okay, whenever it needs to be to where you'll have a little bit of time to where you can read the Bible. Number, uh, or letter C there. Remove as many distractions as possible. Now, I know this is a tough one, right? Um, But, If you can, you need to remove as many distractions as possible. I know for some of you that that might look like this, okay? But you need to be able to remove the distractions, okay? And uh, you can take off the tape at any point or whatever, but remove as many distractions as you possibly can. D right there, you've already seen it. Before you start, don't you take a picture of that and say that I promote child abuse, okay? Um, Before you start reading, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to teach you from the Word. And that's obviously apparent. But if you're going to learn something, the Holy Spirit is your guide. He's your teacher as you go through here. So before you, before you open up to read, just real quick, just say, Holy Spirit, please teach me something. I want to learn. Show me something I need to know. And that's all it takes. Five-second, 10-second prayer, asking the Holy Spirit for guidance. And it'll be amazing to you what, what you notice or what you, wow, I've never seen that before. Maybe you've read that passage 48 times before. But God's truth is eternal. It's really good stuff. Uh, e, have a notebook and write down uh, a Bible truth each day. Now, I know that you might be recording this digitally. However, here's why a notebook is better, obviously. You can glance back up at the couple of days ahead of you. This is what I know pastor does. He writes down. He doesn't write out a whole page. Again, when we try to do too much, we end up not doing it. He writes out just a sentence or two or three about something that God spoke to his mind. And then when he gets done reading, he'll write down that day. And then he takes a couple of minutes to look back at the two or three previous days to just, again, why to meditate? Oh, that, that was a good truth from Tuesday. That's a great, really great point. So that he's remembering again, calling back into his mind the truths that God has given him, allowing the Holy Spirit to be his teacher and his guide. Uh, read over past truths. Kind of got ahead on that one. There you go. Uh, pray uh, about them. And so uh, past, read, think over, and pray about past truths. Truths that God has given you. You don't want to let them slip away. Past truths. Uh, if you miss a day or a week, get back on track and increase your daily uh, or daily Bible reading slightly. Okay. So in other words, if you fell a week behind, okay, and look, April, some of you are how you're behind. Don't quit, don't quit. Just go to two a days, just like old football practice, right, guys? Just go to two a days. You'll just do double up. You can get caught up pretty quickly, uh, but when you get one hundred and seventy-eight days behind, uh, you're really you're you're snowed in three feet there. Okay, and uh, that's difficult to do, and so you want to be able to catch that when you do start to slip up. Remember yourself often about the value. Remind sorry. Remind yourself often about the value of Bible reading. I apologize remind yourself about the value of Bible reading, and then accept the challenge and get started. Now, I just have a few minutes, but is there anyone that you would say, hey, uh, I'm willing to say I have one or two things I've decided I want to to do in this year. For me, I'm gonna learn how to spell Philip's name, and so I'm excited about that, and I'll be able to commit that. I think I've already accomplished it, so I already got one thing done for 2019. Thank you, Philip. That was an easy cross-off right there. Does anybody have anything that they want to... That they're willing to say that uh, that is a goal for them in this year, Philip. One for me is that uh, individual Bible time with my kids usually with a group awesome. thing, and and you don't uh, it's it's a better connection. They truly find out where they're at, and when they have direct questions with you instead of like, I, mean, if I have got a group of four, so it's you know if they're all there together. It's just them listening to me, and and that's it. So, Amen. That's really good. Really I got another thing too. When you were talking about the digital thing, I like looking through books and having a notebook because I think doing it digitally is an attraction because you open your phone, you have 20 to 30 apps there. Yes, you sir. Know, and yes, sir. It's just not uh, personal. Yeah, and you're, direct. So. You're reading a really good truth and then someone texts you and so it lets yeah. you know and it, yeah. That's a very, very good point. Anybody else? Good stuff? All right, so this segues into my one of uh, my. Uh, visions for 2019 was to help uh, more people follow the Lord in baptism and then get into personal discipleship. On that note, our class has a baptism today. Uh, because Nicole is going to get baptized at the end of the service and everything, unless you changed your mind since yesterday. No, she still is. Okay, good. All right, good. So uh, she's going to follow the Lord in believer's baptism, knowing that she accepted Christ as her Savior. Amen. I want to take a minute to say this, because I know that sometimes I do a bad job in following up individually. I'll know you guys about this. Um, but if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, then it is important after that to follow him in baptism. Some people say, I talk to people all the time, well, I got baptized as a baby. And I, was, I was asking, well, did you choose to get baptized? Of course you didn't, you weren't choosing anything. Um, So it should be a personal choice and it should happen after we've accepted Christ as our savior. So if that has not happened for you, then take that step of obedience in 2019, get it behind you and uh, go forward for God in this year. Uh, You guys are dismissed. Make sure to say hi to somebody, fellowship with someone on the way out, encourage them in the Lord.